Well, isn't it so wonderful to hear about what's happening at church? And uh, it's good to see you again. Uh, what you'll notice, of course, is uh, rather than uh, speak uh, <laughs> in front of the lectern, which I've been doing uh, for a number of weeks, I'm here where we, uh, Freya and I were here earlier, and um, I don't really have a, a talk as such prepared uh, this morning. What I want to do is um, just go through some scripture and just talk with you through it in terms of what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. And as Freya and I discussed earlier, um, I had thought last week that we were going to end his story and uh, we've been in that series his story our living hope over the past number of weeks where we've looked at his plans and what is coming up because as i've said every week um you know the the, the, the bible is 30 percent prophecy and 80 percent of those have already um been fulfilled to the letter and so we know that there is more to come and we've looked at what those end times um, look like. And of course, as always, you can catch up if you missed any of those talks uh, on our website or indeed our app. But as I said earlier, as, as Fran and I were discussing, the Lord laid on my heart that I uh, haven't quite ended. So this is, if you like, a, an epilogue, a, a, a postscript. Um, and while we've been looking at his story, what I want to end on and focus us on now is the hero of the story, Jesus. You know, I've been very intentional every week to end on Jesus and the, and the good news of Jesus, the gospel. The gospel is Jesus, the good news. And, um, and so I wanted to just spend the last final talk on looking at the hero of the story we find ourselves in, because of course this story, is a rescue story, isn't it? It's a love story of a God that so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever will believe will not perish but have eternal life, John 3.16. Why? Because we need to be rescued from sin. And that is the good news, that we can be because Jesus died on the cross. And so this story is a rescue story because of his love. And the hero of the story is Jesus. Now what I'd like us to do, and if you have your Bibles, why don't you get them out? They'll be on the screen as well. Is we're going to look at one of Paul's letters. It's actually the book of Colossians. Um, and I think of all of, and some of you will know where I'm going with this, but in chapter 1, verse 13, it's probably one of the most beautiful of passages. And it's entitled in my Bible, it says, The Supremacy of the Son of God. In fact, I recall that probably a couple of months ago, I read this as we led into worship. And what I'd like to do is I'm going to read it through, and you can read along with me, and then I'm just going to pick out certain things from here, because what we'll find in this passage is, number one, it talks about who Jesus is and who we are. But number two, it zones in, focuses in on the gospel message, and I want to look at that. But before I do that, why don't we pray, and then we'll get into this most beautiful of passages. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus, would you shine ever so brightly this morning? Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us in a new and fresh way? Would we center ourselves on you, Christ? Would our eyes be fixed upon you, Jesus? Oh Lord, Reveal yourself as we seek your face. 
would, re would you reveal yourself to us? And Lord, I pray that you would help me, Lord, as I speak from your word. Would you anoint me afresh, I pray. Take these words and anoint them, Spirit. Holy Spirit, to bring life and freedom. I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, let's get the Bible out. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, sorry, 15. Let me read from there. The Son, so talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, you want to underline that? All things have been created, listen, through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, listen, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Wow. Isn't this just a beautiful passage? And I said there's things we can learn about Jesus and who we are, and we see the gospel message in here. So let's do, do that together. First thing to say is this, and I'm just going to talk you through. I hope that's okay. I don't have extensive notes prepared. This is uh, just me talking and walking through the scripture. It says this, the Son, so Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Now, here's the thing. The Greek word for image is actually exact revelation. You know, when I try and do some art, my kids will attest to this, and I try and draw one of the kiddies or a car or whatever it might be, my image is nothing like that which I've tried to draw. There is no exact revelation of the thing that I am drawing. But you see, Jesus is the exact revelation. Why? Because Jesus is God. You know, Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And the first thing we need to understand is that Jesus is truly man and truly God. You see, this rescue mission that I talked about, his story is one of rescuing mankind so that we may have eternity with him, is that our hero of the story, Jesus, is God himself. That you see, God came down to rescue us. Emmanuel, that's one of his names. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. And so we need to recognize that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. And then it says this, for in him... In him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. I love this bit. Um, it's got a semicolon here. It's like Paul started writing down all the list of all the things and he gets to this point, all authorities. And he's like, actually, let me just say it like this, all things, <laughs> because I haven't got time to write the list out. I'd still be doing it. All things have been created through him. What does that mean through him? Well, listen, do we, do we remember John chapter one? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word was made flesh, Jesus. <laughs> do you get that? Jesus is the very word of God. And you see, in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, those words were the words of Jesus that was, Jesus himself was that word that created all things. You see, everything you see around you, that beautiful sunset, that tree, whatever it might be, that river, that lake, those birds in the sky, all things have been created through him. You know, in John 1, 11, it said that Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not know him. You see, in Jesus, all things have been created through him. And you see, Jesus himself came to that and went, came to rescue us because he loves us, because we have been created through him. And then it goes on to say, through him and for him. We've been created for him. We have not been created for ourselves. Yes, God wants us to have a life of fulfillment and joy, of course, and all of those things and peace, but it comes through worshipping him, recognising that we have been created for him. You know, I, I think it was last week or the week before I shared, I think it was last week, Blaise Pascal, who essentially said we've all been created with this God vacuum in our heart that can only be fulfilled by God. We've been created to worship. We've been created to worship God. Why? Because we've been created for him. You will never feel completely fulfilled and satisfied. That longing will always be there. And we can, I said this last week, we can try and satisfy the longings of our hearts on the things of the world. But until we recognise that we have been created for him and we've been created to worship. What does uh, Paul say in Romans 12? Therefore, brothers, in light of God's mercy, in light of what Jesus has done for you, offer yourselves in a living sacrifice. That is your proper worship. That we offer all of ourselves. Why? Because we've been created through him and for him. Everything has been created for the glory of God. And this really, this truth butts against the pride of man, doesn't it? I mean, because there's part of me that's like, oh, really? For him? Well, come on, don't I have a say in this? Aren't I my, you know, mini-God? We've been created for him. 
And so therefore our response should be, Lord, what have you got for me? What, what, do you, what are you looking for from me that I can walk in? He's created good works for us to walk in. We've been created for him. And I want to encourage you to get to that place of humility and submission and say, Lord, I've been created for you, Jesus, because it is in that place. And we're going to look at this in a moment that you find your peace and your fulfillment and the joy of the Lord. We've been created for him. But it goes on. And in him, all things hold together. So not only have we been created through him, everything was created through Jesus, not only have we been created for him, but actually everything is sustained by Jesus. I've got some good news for you. You are not the master of your universe. <laughs> you do not have to hold everything. You cannot, you do not hold everything in your hands. No, Jesus does. That's why he says, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because we, are, we were not designed to sustain all things on our own. It's that Jesus sustains all things. And so if you're in that place, you say, Lord, I just give you those burdens. I give you um, that, that work situation that I cannot handle. Lord, would, Lord, I pray that you would sustain me in that. Uh, you know, if there's relational issues that you've got, you say, Lord, I just give that to you. You see, Jesus is the one that sustains our very being. And everything we see, the heavens hang, not just arbitrary in the universe, but it is sustained by Jesus. Why? Because it was created through him and for him. It does say, does it not, the heavens declare the glory of God. Jesus is altogether more wonderful and more amazing than we can ever imagine. Jesus is not a pocket figure that we pull out when we need a quick fix. Jesus is not a pocket figure that we put on our dashboard and look to when we're in trouble. I don't know, I haven't seen one of those. I, I, I'm sure they exist. I don't have one personally. Jesus is the centre of us all, of our very lives. And you can see that I'm struggling here to express what I feel in my heart. My words are inadequate. I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over them. You know, this is kind of live. I'm not editing this. <laughs> But we need to recognise that everything has been created through him and for him and is sustained by him. That is how wonderful Jesus is and that should cause us to worship him and cause us to have peace. When we think about the future, our hope, what is the strapline of this series? Our living hope. Jesus is our living hope. We can have hope in the future because of Jesus we haven't just, been, we're not an accident. And, you know, I want to say to some of you that, you know, you might have been told that you were an accident, you know, we didn't plan you. No, no, God planned you. You've been created through him and for him and he holds you together. And I just break the lie off you in Jesus' name. If you've been said, you're, if told you're an accident, you're not. You're planned by God. Let me continue. Because I said that, uh, it goes on to talk about the, the good news of the gospel and in fact the rescue mission. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him, listen, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. 
So this comes to the heart of why we need to be rescued, because we need to be reconciled to God. Why do we need to be reconciled to God? Because let's go back to Genesis. We were in unity with the Father, walking with him, Adam and Eve were walking with him. But they disobeyed God and, and sin entered the world. And at that point, there was enmity. There was, uh, sin came between God and man. And no longer could Adam and Eve walk with God. And so God kicked in his planned rescue mission. And said, right, I'm going to send my son Jesus to pay for that sin that you should have paid with by death that he will pay on the cross in order that you can be reconciled to me. That is the rescue mission. The whole story is about a God who loves his creation and wants to reconcile man to him. And the good news is, is that Jesus came and paid that penalty on the cross for you and for me in order that, as it says, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You see, we now can have peace with the Father. We can have that relationship made possible by the shedding of Christ's blood because in that moment of shedding his blood, he, pour, he bore the penalty of sin that was due us. And that is the good news. We look around us and there are so many that we know, I'm sure, that have yet to know Jesus. You see, they need to be reconciled to the Father. And the good news is Jesus. The gospel is Jesus, the person and the work of Jesus. Because only Jesus can reconcile man to God in order that we can have eternal relationship with him. That is the story that we are in. And it is now in this season, is it not? Where people are feeling the pain of what's going on around them. The people are so receptive to hearing about God. I'm sure we've all heard those stats that when the lockdown kicked in, there was a huge spike in searches for prayer, or Google searches for prayer on the Bible. You see, God is revealing people's need to be reconciled to him and we have our part to play in the great commission to proclaim the good news of Jesus you know I just want to end um, with this as I truly do attempt to end this series and say that I recognize that this is not an easy uh, time um, I don't know about you but I've certainly found um, you know, this season that we are in, just some moments where I felt scorched, you know, like when the sun's beating down on you. And, you know, I was reminded recently of a wonderful psalm that speaks to that. You know, I was talking to someone else in ministry this week and we were reflecting on this season and saying how, um, excuse me, how, you know, it's been very difficult because it's difficult to set your pace, you know, set a pace, what pace do you go at? Because unlike a marathon or a race where you see the end, we just got no idea where this is going at the moment, do we? And it's very difficult, maybe you feel that, to set that pace. And we came to the conclusion that actually it's not about setting a pace, it's about abiding in Christ. Because it's in that place 
that we can uh, weather the storms. It's in that place that we can find the peace and the security that we need. And in Psalm 1, let me just read this. It says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight, listen to this, is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, listen to this, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And as I was reflecting on this, you know, this was written in the Old Covenant, wasn't it? In other words, the covenant of law, Jesus had yet to be revealed and, and God had laid out the law to follow. And what it's saying here is that the man that delights in the law of the Lord is like a man that is, is, is planted near streams of water in order that they will bear fruit in season and in order that when the, the sun is hot and scorches, those leaves will not wither. Well, here's the thing we need to understand about Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew, he said, um, Matthew 5, do not think I have come to abolish the law. Listen to this. I have come to fulfill the law. The very law that it's talking about here in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. You see, as new covenant believers, do you see where I'm going with this? As we delight ourselves in Jesus who fulfilled the law, as we meditate on who he is day and night, we become rooted in him. And we can weather the scorching sun of the seasons that we find ourselves in because we're planted in him. And that might remind you of that uh, New Testament parable that Jesus gave of the vine that we are to abide in the vine, abide in Jesus. It's the same thing. And you see, when I say that Jesus is the center of it all, he's the center for this very moment of our lives. Every day, every moment that we can center ourselves on him because we have been created by him and for him and we are sustained by him. And so I want to encourage you in this season to set your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, Jesus who died on the cross for your sins in order that you can have peace with God, that you can be reconciled with God the Father. Set your eyes on Jesus and delight in him because as you do, you will weather the storms and you will bear fruit for his glory. Isn't it interesting that in Psalm 1 it says that you'll bear fruit in the right season and in John 15 in the Bide and the Vine it says you will bear fruit. Do you see how these are tied up together? So that's all I have this morning. I hope that encourages you. But what I want us to do now in the, in the few minutes that we have remaining is I want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to minister to your hearts. What does that mean? It means that I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and make Jesus real for you. That he would reveal his love, his joy, his peace. 
So I'm going to pray in a moment. We do just when you put your hands out like this and just receive, and then we're going to pause for a little while as the Holy Spirit ministers. Let me just pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you now. Would you come? Make Jesus real to us, Lord. Reveal Jesus to us, Holy Spirit, in our hearts now. Why don't you just open up your arms, as I said, your hands now. I pray for everyone that's responding now, Lord Jesus, that you would just come. Come, Holy Spirit. Some of you might be feeling a real peace at the moment, that peace which the past will understand. And other you, other, for others of you, I've got senses of laughter welling up. More joy, Lord, more joy. The joy of the Lord is, is my strength, it says in the scriptures. For some of you, you are weeping. For some of you, there's just a calmness. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, I pray as a people that as we go through this season, as we recognise that we're part of your story, that you have plans and purposes for us. I pray that as we walk through that story, that those plans, we would do so fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I pray also, Lord, that we would be bold and courageous to spread the good news of Jesus to those that have yet to be reconciled with you. Would you help us, Lord? Would you give us opportunity? Would you come, Lord, I pray, in your precious name. Amen. Well, bless you guys. It's been good spending time with you and just looking through that. I'd encourage you later on today or during the week, I know many watch on Catch Up, whenever it might be for you, why don't you just spend some time in Colossians chapter 1 and read that through yourself and just let those, those words, that truth, uh, just bring life to you. Now, we're going to end the service now. Uh, over there, if you're on a PC or tablet, in the chat box, there's words of knowledge. A team, uh, as you know, at the start of every service, pray together. Thank you, wonderful teams that meet every Sunday morning. Uh, if any of those resonate with you, do get prayer. Our prayer team would love to pray with you. Um, but that's it for now. Why don't I just pray a blessing on us all as we go about our days and our weeks. Okay, let me pray. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Would he be gracious towards you? And would you know his perfect peace. And everyone said, Amen. May the Lord bless you and speak to you soon. Bye-bye.